the people I've always dreamed of working with, they, they notice me and we have conversations in the DMs. Back in 2021, I, uh, I got connected with Joel Kuwahara, who is the executive producer of Bob's Burgers. Hello, my fellow Martians. My name is Harry Mars, and this is the On Mars Pod, where we take a deep dive into creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and other inspiring Martians alike. Today, we are joined by Malik Radford, an illustrator, designer, and independent animator. That taps into what I like to do now, like just being an animator and like telling stories and bringing those to life. Yeah, wow, everything comes full circle. I ended up doing some character designs. So, that's a great question. Hello, my fellow Martians. Today on Mars, we are joined by an illustrator, graphic designer, an animator, a true artist, and a student of the game. Everybody, please welcome Malik Radford. Thank you for being here today, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you for letting me do this. This is awesome. Of course, man. And uh, Martians, this is the first official Zoom interview on Mars. Uh, so super sick. I'm so glad we were able to figure this out. Uh, Malik is in Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so we're out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So, you know, we're holding it down across the United States. Awesome. <laughs> Nationwide, baby. Yes, man. So um, to get us started, you know, I want to talk about, um, you know, early influences in your life, you know, art, music, um, things that were, you grew up around because um, you grew up in Richmond. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So what um, what kind of music and art like were you influenced by like growing up? Do you remember like uh, like were your parents into art or like what what were your early influences? Yeah, so it's actually it's, it's a huge range, honestly. So some background. I grew up a uh, single parent household with my mom and my grandparents uh, really like helping me uh, just become the person I am today. So uh, growing up, my mom was heavy into like r&b old school like stevie wonder her favorite artist of all time was always like michael jackson growing mm -hmm. up so i like grew up michael jackson um stevie wonder earth wind and fire uh she put me on a paul hardcastle that uh specifically the rainforest song that's been going viral oh wow that's a phone oh my gosh um paul hardcastle a lot of different a lot of just a lot of different old school songs and then um she also oh my gosh this phone i'm sorry no you're good bro um but also she put me on to a lot of like gospel music too because she grew up uh i grew up in the church i was a uh, like in the youth choir and things from like a super young age so a lot of gospel music a lot of early r&b or old school music my grandparents were also kind of like into that super old genre of music. Like uh, my grandfather was into Ray Charles, B.B. Uh, King, I'm trying to think, Bill Withers, just a lot. Um, yeah. And then as I started to come into my own taste of music, one of my first uh, CD purchases was Kanye West uh, College Dropout. So mm. that was like one of the only things that my mom, well, growing up, like, my mom knew I had an interest in like hip hop and rap music 
And instead of like trying to just keep me within like the realm that she was familiar with, because she tried to put me on the like gospel rap and stuff early on, but I was like, nah, I'm not feeling that. And uh, so she saw College Dropout and she was like, well, this looks interesting. Sure, we'll let you check it out. And um, so, yeah, I got I got into Kanye at an early age and I was into like sync. Ended up getting into like Lil Wayne and things like uh, I, I first got on to him, honestly, through like the card three. But Ooh. I was just always like I always knew what was going on. Like I heard Fireman and like all that stuff. So. Yeah, um, kind of a range of music um, that I really started out with. Well, that's that's amazing. I feel like all those artists you just named are like actual, like true artists for real, for real. You know, like uh, just groundbreaking artists and um, in multiple genres too. You know, you talk about like jazz artists, hip hop artists, R&B artists. And I feel like a lot of that influence um, goes directly into like a lot of them are like... Um, they were they were icons, I guess mm-hmm. is a good way to put it. So, and I guess sometimes with with icons, they kind of have like a certain personality to them that I feel like some of us uh, like try to. I, I don't I don't want to say imitate, but like we look up to them in a way, and it's just like, damn, like these are these are like our our ins- inspirations, you know. And like Kanye West was a huge one for me, and um, it's amazing to see kind of like how that taste of music ended up translating into like art and stuff like that. What was the early inspirations with like, um, like your drawing like perspective and like art in that sense? Yeah. So, um, music definitely influenced my, uh, a lot of my, my art. Uh, I would say as a kid more so, um, just like cartoons and video games a lot. Uh, I was thinking earlier, uh, just trying to prep myself for this for this talk um i remember my grandfather i was kind of spoiled growing up so my grandfather would always give me like one video game every month like that was just the thing and so every time i would get a game i would take out the books that came in the cases and i would collect those and over time i would just draw the the cover pretty much like the game cover and wow. uh i think that's where i kind of learned or uh, gain like my interest in character design a little bit and just like understanding early on like how how characters or how cartoons work in in design um like i remember drawing a lot of the kanye west bear because that was yeah. iconic especially like during the graduation era um yeah that takashi murakami like that stylized look very cartoony so uh mm-hmm. it was just things like that um yeah, definitely. If anything, music was more so influential on how I uh, conceptualize my work. Yeah. Um, trying to bring, um, trying to create imagery for the songs that I would listen to. Because, um, you know, like, especially just thinking about like Kanye being a storyteller, uh, the imagery is there. It's just a matter of like, okay, how can I bring what he is painting to life? And um, so like, yeah, early on, I would try to do that, which now that I'm thinking about it, um, that taps into what I like to do now, like just being an animator and like 
telling stories and bringing those to life yeah wow everything comes full circle That's for really sure crazy. man <laughs> yeah and it's funny how like music and art like drawing are are so so intertwined and it's like they influence each other so much and i think uh storytelling is something that is a backbone in all creative endeavors i feel like you know the greatest storytellers are the greatest in their field you know um so whether that be music art um, animation and everything. I mean, even video games, you know, that's, that's like a movie, but you're playing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like growing up, um, you know, it's, it's easy to say like, oh, like you just played video games, you're just riding your brain, but it's like, no, like if you're like taking it in and actually like experiencing it and like for what it is and like for the art, like it's just, and the story behind it. And if like you enjoy playing campaigns and stuff like that, it's like, it's way more than just like wasting time. Exactly. And I, I wanted to talk in, to that like cartoons and stuff too because you brought that up and uh what were those early cartoons that you were watching like because i was watching like cartoon network nickelodeon uh you know toonami sometimes um but um yeah was that kind of your realm as well yeah pretty much um i grew up on cartoon network and nickelodeon super heavy um yeah. a lot of the shows that inspire my like humor today um i would say primarily your spongebob Fairly yeah. Odd Parents, Family Guy. Mm, a lot of I'm trying to think of the good early shows. Honestly, Man, like yeah, it's so many, yo. Like uh yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon's early cartoon run was so good. Um, yeah. with Rugrats, Wild Thornberries, Rocket Power. Ooh, uh Angry Beavers. Did Angry Beavers, that? yes. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Angry Beavers. Ah, yeah. Real Monsters. It was, yeah. it's so many, um, so many different shows. Like, I think, uh, yeah, I think if I had to compare the two networks, though, Cartoon Network definitely was the one that, like, got my brain into that, like, okay, I want to make cartoons when I grow up. Um, especially, like, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Oh, yeah. That early Huge. 2000s era of uh, cartoons. It, yeah, those were those were the good old days man and then even even just like a couple years back with regular show the amazing world of gumball oh um, wow yeah Advent adventure time all of those have kind of inspired me Lo though at that point i didn't really watch adventure time too much um but i did admire how far they went within their storytelling and their world building and uh that just inspired me in my writing to just kind of think about more than just uh, jokes and how to kind of cross genres in my writing. Cause not everything needs to be super funny and jokey or like uh, sometimes like grotesque for the sake or like slapstick humor. Um, like you can really, you can really like get into, you can really tap into different emotions and things and being able to convey that in the form of a cartoon, uh, I think just helps resonate with viewers a lot more. And so, yeah, Cartoon Network, I would say, was uh, the network that has had a super huge influence on my work and Adult Swim, which I kind of oh, connect yeah. with uh, Cartoon Network. Wasn't too totally. big into Toonami. Um, unfortunately, like I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z on Toonami, but when I got to high school... Uh, my teacher, freshman year, she was very adamant about us not doing any anime or manga style work 
I guess I'm not really sure now that I think about it, but yeah, I think that kind of like programmed me, unfortunately, into just like not really being into it. But I understand how how awesome the world is. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of quality shows and a lot of quality content that comes from uh like the anime and manga world though so absolutely and all those shows that you're just talking about they were all from a different generation you know and it's like um that generation that you know because you grew up in the 90s as well um yep. so you you know I'm, I'm 28 and you're 27 is that right yep yeah so we're, we're very similar in age so i feel like we did have a lot of similar um you know taste and things because as you're naming all these shows i'm like dude like having flashbacks of all these things and um something i wanted to talk about is all those shows they kind of did a great job of infusing um child humor with adult humor at the same time and i feel like that's something that um that you kind of have like a childish look to your cartoons but you also like it's like it's an adult cartoon you know what i mean so it kind of gives me like um I don't know, like that same like a family guy, American Dad, uh, Rick and Morty, that type of vibe. You know, that's like um, it seems like that's like your style, you know, like adult animation. But like in the style that like kids could, you know, would want sure. to watch this, you know, and like probably like sneak it uh, around, like, you know, behind the backs of their parents. You know what I mean? Their For parents sure. would be like, you can't watch Apartment, OK? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad show. That's love. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> but no man um i uh it's it's interesting because that's like it's so influential like i'm so glad that you were able to grow up in that era because like had you grown up five ten years later you would be exposed to a totally different generation of cartoons i feel like um and that's like something that i've noticed you know i i don't watch too many cartoons i don't even have like cable anymore um so everything's on streaming services now but it's like the cartoons that are out there now for kids are so like, um, I don't want to say like watered down, but like there's watered down. You know what I mean? They're just like less. I, I feel like there's less um, real heart in it when it comes down to like making like comedy cartoons, uh, something about it. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, but it's I'm, I'm glad that we were able to grow up in that era because it's it's obviously seemed to have influenced you a great deal for sure i um i think the shift is that uh cartoons now um like i was kind of mentioning earlier they've it's almost as if they're just like tapping into another genre of writing like mm. where uh like the shows that come to mind off rip are like steven's universe and uh mm. craig of the creek like um, I didn't really watch Steven's Universe or Steven Universe, and Craig of the Creek kind of came out when I started watching cartoons for the sake of learning purposes as opposed to uh, enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So, but like, I still have a I have respect for those shows, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, the comedy in those is a little more nuanced as opposed to. I don't want to say intentional, but maybe like in your face, um, yeah. like SpongeBob, the early days of SpongeBob, or even now, like even though SpongeBob's kind of dwindled over the last couple of years, but the the humor is like the first, I think that's the main priority. But in some of these shows today, the main priority is uh, kind of like creating a safe space for mm. viewers in a sense, yeah. which is, is cool. Um but I do understand what you're saying. Like, uh, 
things aren't the same. And I uh, think with my work and because we grew up or because, yeah, because we grew up in that 90s, early 2000s era of cartoons, um, I've been able to kind of find a balance between the two. Because originally, when I first decided that I really wanted to get into cartoons, I uh, I only wanted to really make work that would be good for Adult Swim. But yeah. as I got older and I started like working with kids as a teacher, um, those experiences have kind of shifted my prerogative a little bit where I still mm-hmm. want to make cartoons that are tailored to adults and people my age, but I'm not really going for uh I don't I don't want I don't want to have to censor my work, you know? Like I want to just be able to uh use my brain right creatively and still be able to appeal to an adult audience without having to be necessarily like offensive or using a lot of like language and stuff like that. So it's a happy medium. It's a happy medium. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, yeah, it's like the, the, uh, the thing that you brought up, like the safe space. I think that's a very important part of that. Uh, the, this new generation of cartoons, because it's uh, we just live in a different climate, you know, in, uh, in the world. So I think it's, um, it's a lot easier for networks to to want to be politically correct. I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to. They don't want to be canceled for yeah. Which is uh, I don't know. I guess it's a gift and a curse. And I I don't know. Maybe the kids now are loving it. You know what I mean? And they they don't even know what they're missing, so they can't even like know what it was like. So. It's, um, yeah, I guess every, everybody has their generation. Everyone thinks their generation is the best. That's how it always goes. Um, but, always. Um, but yeah, man, so th- those were like early days, you know, cartoons and stuff. But then getting into school, you were into art classes um, just all the, all the way through like all grade school. You were always in, into art, like in that oh, yeah. sense. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I was always, um, I was always drawing. Um, I went to, so from... From kindergarten to sixth grade, I went to private school, and we always just had art classes with that, like, art was just always a part of the curriculum. Um, I got to public school in the seventh grade, and that's when I realized that, one, a lot of schools didn't have the funds to even push art classes, which was Mm -hmm. new to me because I always just thought that was part of the curriculum, Um, and also, like, public school, you get to choose your electives. So um, I noticed like some people weren't taking art. Some people would rather take band or like uh, home ec or something like that. So I just, uh, I always just made it a, uh, a, I always just made the intention of taking art because that was the thing that brought me the most peace and happiness. And uh, when I started high school, I went to a school that was centered for the arts well yeah it was a center for the arts at a local high school in my district which uh pretty much gave me the formal training that I needed in order to qualify for art school which honestly I gotta give all of my (laughs) I gotta give all of my like praise and success to that program because it was a really good program even though they told me don't do anime shit or anything like that I still learned a lot that if I, I feel like if I hadn't gone through that program, I would not be the artist I am today. So yeah, yeah, high school, 
I was always, I was in art, everything, every class I was taking was almost kind of, uh, there was art integrated into a lot of my classes there. And then when it was time to graduate, I couldn't really think of anything that I would want to, anything else I'd want to do with my life Mm -hmm. besides art. So I was just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go to art. I'll just go to art school. And um, I don't know if this is the same today, but at the time, VCU Arts, Virginia Commonwealth University, their art program was like the number one in the country. And that's right down the street from my house. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'll go there. It wasn't my number one choice, but all my other options were just kind of super expensive. And so we just landed on that one as it being the most financially responsible. And yeah, did five years there, picked up a, a double major and... Now I'm here in my grandma's basement. No oh, man, <laughs> that's cartoons. I, I mean, I feel like that's a amazing like backstory though, because you have like that formal training. So it's not like you were just doing this like as a hobby and then it like turned into something that you like like took time and like learned by yourself. It's like you were doing it on yourself, but then also doing it formally in school. You were in the right place at the right time, and I feel like some of those things happened for a reason. You know what I mean? It's like you were you were meant to go there. It's like, yeah, there's other options, but it's just like your path was the way that it was. And um, you you mentioned that you grew up in a, a single parent household with with your mom, I presume, because I've seen you post pictures with her and it seems like you guys have a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you um, do you remember early on, like having that support, you know, uh, where she's like pushing you to be the best version of yourself? For sure, always. Um, my, I can't even say my earliest memory because I don't remember this, but uh, I remember one Christmas a couple of years ago, my mom pulled out home videos from way back when I was like two or three. And um, she, there was a video of me painting as a two-year-old and just like, I don't know, that just like really like made me think like, oh, I've one, I've always been into creating stuff and just seeing how uh how happy my mom sounded while recording me just painting this this whatever this masterpiece of a two-year-old um really just showed that she's always been super supportive like even like even today I consider her one of my she's probably my number one fan my number one supporter she's never stopped me from pursuing whatever I wanted even outside of art, uh, she was always just like, oh, is this what you want to get into? You want to try it out? All right, bet. Especially around like sports and things. Because um, I was a really multifaceted kid, as I feel like a lot of kids are growing up. You just kind of got to dip your toe into a diff- bunch of different things until you figure out what you really like to do. So mm-hmm. uh, my mom was always supportive of whatever I wanted to try out, except for football, because she was just afraid of like injury. Danger. And, yeah, danger, yeah. which is totally, totally normal. Um, but yeah, she's never, she's never showed any sort of doubt. If anything, um, I was actually having a conversation with her yesterday about, um, just like my animation work and wanting to actually the conversation we were talking about was, uh, how with this animation work, I get a lot of offers from friends or just from strangers online who want to lend their voices 
for voice acting work, which I am super appreciative of. Also, thank you for your services, my good man. Really do appreciate you. Anytime, brother. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Um, So, like, it's like the help that I am always looking for is... I can find I can find I can find VAs easily through my network, through my socials, but I really want to find or I want to build a team who of artists who can actually help me bring the the visuals to life. Mm. And my mom's uh my mom's support uh can sometimes come off as or not even I'm going to say like my mom's hmm how can I put this without it sounding crazy? My mom has questions. My mom just asks me like, so how does this, how, how does that work? But it comes off, sometimes it can come kind of come off as not doubt, but uh, for example, she said, well, you don't want to just be careful. You don't want to work with somebody and then they end up trying to claim the work that you're putting in as their mm. own. And it's like, I get that. I feel you, but also like, if that if that situation happens, I'll figure it out when I when I get to it. So um, it's just like her lack of <clears throat> understanding when it comes to this industry um, that can kind of come off as a little doubtful. But it's really just a lack of understanding. Like I just need to be able to break down to her. Like okay, I understand where you're coming from. That's a valid point, but here are my solutions based off of my understanding of how things work. And so that's, that's really it really. Like if she, if I do have any moments where I feel like she's doubting me, it's not really doubt. It's just, she just doesn't understand what's going on. And I just got to break it down to her. And then she's like, Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, just keep doing you like whatever. She just doesn't want to see me uh, be exploited or anything. That's really it. Like any, like any good parent, you know? Um, Yeah. So yeah, she's super supportive um my grandparents were also super supportive i was yeah like i know i know like the single parent household thing can be a little rocky at times but i can't really think of uh any situations where i thought dang like life would be a lot better if i was in a two-parent household and my mom got married in 2012 when I was in like the 10th or 11th grade so I kind of grew up with my stepdad but at that point I was almost out of the house so but he's a great dude too he's also super supportive so I have a very supportive family um especially being the only child it's like I don't know I'm not the magnum opus (laughs) but they uh all of their focus or their parental focus goes straight into me. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it just makes for a great opportunity. (laughs) Absolutely. No. And I think having that support system is really important to creatives in, in, in general. Um, you know, anybody that has creative, um, like aspirations, um, for lack of a better term, I think having that early support system is so crucial because it can give you the confidence that you need to get yourself to a point where you can have the self-confidence and where you no longer need the external validation. 
Um, and I think that's something very important that it came from those people that are so close to you. Um, and the fact that you were an only child, I mean, that just kind of concentrated it on mm -hmm. you. You know what I mean? Which is a great thing for you at the end of the day, because it's just like you have those people that that are there for you. And just like even if they do have questions, like your mom had questions and, you know, um, and I guess like uh, like you said, it's like a lack of understanding, but like looking out for you, just making you question these things. And I think she's asking these questions to make sure you are thinking about them at the same time. Exactly. Um, so it's like not only is like she wanting to understand, but also she's like, did you think about it like this? Um, which is totally understandable. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's a that's a very important conversation to have too. like, um, you know, bringing people on and trusting others and being able to delegate without feeling like they're going to use you or, um, you know, feeling like you actually can work with other people. Uh, that's always a struggle, I think, for some creatives. What do you think that looks like? Uh, would it be in the form of like an, an assistant editor for you? Or like, would it be like an assistant animator, um, storyboard artist? What, what would uh, what would that look like for you? Yeah, so ideally, I would love someone, I would love to work with somebody uh, who just has a background in digital coloring. Because I, I really, mm. the thing that takes the most time for real for real are the backgrounds for my mm. animations. So if I could just get somebody who can fill out, like literally like paint bucket tool, each little item in my backgrounds, that would help out immensely. Um, so really uh, like a background color artist or uh, even, even an editor would be cool because uh, I don't have access to Adobe right now. Um, so I've been using uh, just alternatives to put everything together. And mm -hmm. I just know, like, I can get it done, but it would just be a lot easier if I could just be like, hey, here's everything. Here's a breakdown of how I want things to go. Can, boom, can I trust you to put this together in Premiere or whatever and send it to me when you're done? We can look over it. So it's a, it's a lot of things that I would love to get um help with but back to your point on uh like the ego type of thing i always it's a blessing and a curse um just growing up in a single like as an only child i was kind of always uh i don't know i've, I've adopted the mentality of diy till you die like oh, if yeah. you want something done right just do it yourself which i uh I stand by, but as I'm getting older and I'm learning uh, just how to be a better person uh, community-wise, and as I become more successful within my passion and even like career-wise in that realm, I need a team. I need to be able to depend on people or um, I need to be able to rely on people who uh, can help me get something done and just kind of let go of this idea of oh it needs to be exactly this way or else my vision is ruined because that uh that hinders things from getting done um mm. i remember fun fact i don't even know i haven't even really talked about this publicly but back in 2021 i uh i got connected with joel kuahara who is the executive producer of bob's burgers Oh wow! Yeah, he uh, his assistant DM'd me on Instagram was like, "Yeah, I love your work. I'm uh, I'm the assistant to Joel, and we'd love to set up a Zoom." And I ended up doing some character designs for uh, 
this for Bob's Burgers, bro. No, 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 no. no. Oh, for something <laughs> that would have been oh that would have been sick, right? Holy but, um, shit! I was like, why didn't you say anything to anybody? I, I signed the NDA, but <laughs> it's did. okay. Yeah, but it's all right now because uh, it was for a new it was for a new project that they were trying to put together that ended up falling through. Uh, but it was just dope. So you like, can speak about it now publicly. I'm pretty sure I can. I haven't posted okay. anything about it yet because he follows me on Instagram. And I don't want to. I don't know if that's anything, but I can talk about it um cool so yeah it was yeah, a show yeah. that uh essentially fell through um i think just like on the writing end but yeah. like throughout that entire experience i just learned a lot and he actually was interested in my apartment idea and so like it got to a point where he was like yeah yo like i would love for you to pitch it to me but at that point i uh well one i hadn't had everything fully developed yet and i know that should have put the battery in my back to like go and get that done but i it had been a while since i had even like done anything with it so i was just focused on other projects but uh while talking to him he just expressed the importance of community and team and like getting other people to help you out with your projects because uh wow he was just noticing that i was doing everything myself and he was like, well, it'd be cool, you know, if you got some, like, if you're friends to do voices and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, you know, that's a that's a really good point. Like, I should be able to kind of let loose a little bit on, uh, I shouldn't have so, such a stronghold on my visions. And I should allow for the creativity that other people who I trust um, can, like, bring. And it might enhance what I, uh, you know, what I had in mind. Man. That is amazing. What a what a crazy story, it's dude. Crazy. I mean, I, I feel like that's like that is just it's waiting for you. You know what I mean? It's like that opportunity is just waiting for you, bro. And I like I told you the other day, man, we're gonna be producing shows one day. Most and definitely. I wanna be on that team and whatever that is, you know, I'll I'll edit. I'll I'll do whatever, man. I I see the vision, I've seen the vision. It's funny, it's like for people that don't know how I know Malik, I actually found him online through uh, like just look because I was I was into independent animators cool. and I stumbled upon your work and and I forgot like if it was like a like I was just like a fan. And mm-hmm. then one day um, you posted something like uh, like let's like let's play or some sh- like you're like a Fortnite, some shit mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, yo, what's your switch code? Let's play. And then we just like ended up talking and I was like, dude, like this dude is so sick. Like not only did I already love the work that you were putting out and like all these things that these visions that I was like, dude, this dude is like on another level. Like, I feel like this is, this is like, um, like the passion that I had for music and, you know, still have for music. It's like, I could see that come through in your art, in the, in the animations. And it was like, it was so like surface level too like you didn't really have that much out at the time for any any of those like series or anything like that so but it was like i i knew that like just just based off of what i was seeing that you were genuine with your craft and i think that is something to speak about reason why i bring that up is because that's the same thing that that guy saw that guy from bob's burgers you know what i mean like he didn't know anything about you he just stumbled upon your work, saw mm-hmm. that it was genuine, saw that it was all self-done. And and I think that is so admirable. Um, and it's amazing that you already got those opportunities in your DMs because now all you got to do, like, 
Let's make a Pittsburgh yeah, apartment, bro. Like, email, like yeah, straight no, up. Real. Like, I'm not even like joking at all when I say that because I think like that's how you get into rooms. Like you say, hey, like I know it's been a while, but like, you know, I took your advice and, you know, I, I went through and like I had like I fleshed these things out and like we want we, we've created a pilot. We've created a 15 minute pilot. We want to show you if you'd like to hop on a Zoom one day, you know, we'd love to talk, you know, something like that. And I, yeah. feel, I feel like that is not a far fetched thing. And that could that right there could be your big break, dude. Um, it's man, it's amazing that that already <laughs> happened because like I had no idea because obviously you never talked about, it, but it's like, it's it's so, I guess um, it feels rewarding to know that like <laughs> you are getting those opportunities. Like I feel like it must be rewarding to you, but it's just like it's cool to me to know that you're getting those opportunities, man. Because it's like it that proves to me that's like I'm not the only one that sees this vision. You know what I mean? And and I know that. Um, and I guess it's, I guess I'm not the only one in like the sense of like, um, like, uh, like, I guess people that are like fans of yours aren't just, uh, just regular Joes, you know, like your fans are like actual people in the industry at this point, which is like, that's you're, you're one person away from, you know, everything you've ever wanted. It sounds like. (laughs) Most definitely. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how one, I have to give big props to Instagram, like using it as a tool to market myself or just for an artist to market themselves is such a blessing. Um, cause you're absolutely right. Like I've, it's gotten to a point where, the people I've always dreamed of working with, they like, they, they notice me and we have conversations in the DMS. So it's like, I feel like, like you said, I'm, I'm just, I'm gradually getting closer to where I want to be. And honestly, I might even be where I want to be. It's just, I'm in a basement instead of like on the West coast in a studio, but I don't know. It's a, it's definitely a very like awesome and humbling experience and is uh it just motivates me to want to keep going and to just not stop what I'm doing because clearly what I'm excuse me clearly what I'm doing is it's doing something you know it, it's yeah. working and yep. it just uh motivates me to even want to just go even harder um I don't want to tell another crazy flex but uh are you familiar with the Joe Budden podcast Oh yeah, you know. Do are you familiar with Ian Schwartzman? I no, not right off top. It's okay. If I saw his face, I'd probably recognize him. So Ian Schwartzman, outside of the JBP, he is DJ Premier's is like manager. Oh wow, like yeah. Gangstar? Yeah. Oh wow. So he um he tweets a lot, and one day I had uh I forgot what he tweeted, but I had quote tweeted him and and as a response. And he hit me up. He saw my uh, he saw one of the animations I posted and he was like, well, let's work. So I connected with him and he wanted to develop a mini series kind of similar to uh, you may have just seen them online of like uh, artists or music artists kind of like retelling crazy stories that happen in their life. And it's just animated. So he wanted to do a mini series like that but centered around DJ Premier. And so 
that was a that was a character design opportunity. I was essentially going to do the whole like do everything, but that takes a lot of that's a lot of different it's a lot of different parts to go into creating an animation. Um, and so I only ended up doing character designs for him, but it was cool because he had me do the the JBP pod uh, pod crew almost like I drew I had to design Parks I had to design Joe I had to design Ian Premier uh, I have to do uh, Papoose Remy Ma like it was a bunch of cool cool people who I'm like oh I know these people like I listen to these people yeah. and that's crazy yeah. um so I mean would I say that project fell through I don't know if it fell through. But he didn't have a story developed. So I'm like, bro, I can't I can't work on anything unless we have like a story. I need yeah. some voices to work with. But that mm-hmm. was another cool opportunity. Like, I just feel like I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, I'm connected with Carl Jones, the producer of the Boondocks and Black Dynamite and everything. Um, wow. It's uh, yeah, like that's been cool. Like I used to. The way I got connected with him, I was just spamming him. Honestly, I was just being annoying on Instagram. And I, every time I would drop an animation, I would either tag him in it or I would just DM it to him directly. And I'm just like, let's work, let's work, let's work. And um, one day he responded and he gave me his contact info. And at that point, I was at that point I was a little nervous because he just gave me his phone number, and I was like, well, when do when do I call you? Like, do I let, do I text you first and be like, hey, like, I just got a little overwhelmed. So I was just like, well, yeah, I got yeah. it. I locked your number into my phone, but like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to overimpose. And so I ended up, uh, yeah. I ended up, he connected me with one of his assistants and I emailed them a demo reel and uh, they liked my work and they were just like, yeah, like, keep me updated on what you continue to do. So the connections are they're gradually getting there. Gradually getting there. there. Just gotta keep making dope content. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, no, I mean I, I think those are crazy opportunities that it's like like I said before, you're like one person away from everything you've ever wanted, dude. And I like I seriously feel that and I, I really think it's gonna happen soon. And it's like it's it's got to a point where you're so polished and you're efficient with your workflow where being able to pitch something to someone is not out of the question at this point and and feel comfortable and confident about it um and that's that's amazing dude i i'm like congrats dude i mean i just like that's amazing dude of course bro i I mean shoot i could totally see that like that line of work um of like uh animating stories and stuff like that sometimes how people will take like a for instance joe rogan's podcast and they'll like animate like a clip mm-hmm. of joe rogan's podcast it's kind of like that's the first thing that i thought of like animating like a story that someone's telling like that um god damn that's so sick man um shoot like I feel like I want to keep talking about like developing story and like developing your series and stuff like that. Cause I think that's like, but we could, we could probably talk off air on, on that stuff. Um, Whatever, <laughs> man. Hey, keep I'm, going. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Um, no, it's, uh, man. So I guess I do kind of want to talk about 
your your series because you've had a couple different series and um you know i i did a little bit of um you know research and i was having a great time doing research because it was like it's very fun to see like a extensive line uh, extensive body of work and you have a pretty extensive body of work that stems back to like 2015 or mm-hmm. 13 on at least online like yeah, that's yeah. when you started really like going in online around around that time um, you know, and I, I saw some things and you, you've, um, you came up with a couple ideas, like, uh, you had, a 804, um, art school and, um, apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, was there another one? Is, is the, are those the three? Um, inanimate was a mini series, but that oh, yeah, I was in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was the blunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That was one. Yep. And then was there another one as well? Oh, wait, the bird. The bird. Oh, Chirpy. Chirpy. Yo, dude. dang. That's another one that dang. like, I think Partman and Chirpy, These, those are the two. Those I think the... both of those, like, like I mean, like I said earlier, like we could talk off air about this because like I get excited about this shit. Like I think Slow. like I would love to help you like get those to a point where you can pitch them um, because I think those two shows need to be shown to somebody at sure. least like like create a pilot episode on on both of them Most and then see what happens because like i think those two are very uh like the the apartment one i think is very relatable um and i think the chirpy one is uh it almost um it's like um uh personification mm-hmm. um so that you know creating human emotions on a bird and um, and i think that is something that's like uh it's always funny. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just like, it's always funny <laughs> when you just like see like a bird that's not supposed to talk, like having human emotions <laughs> and then like also incorporating him into a world that's just like regular humans mm-hmm. and he just like interacts with regular humans. Um, wow. Yeah, dude, I, I love that idea. I mean, can we kind of like talk about like the early days of like, like a, like 804 though? And like, cause was that your first um, like endeavor into like series? Yeah. So um 804 was my first uh yeah it was my it was my introduction into the idea of writing from writing for a extended series i like writing for a series as opposed to just a one-off situation um it's crazy because a lot of the ideas you mentioned were just kind of like ideas that it was like if i could pitch this I would, but then I ended up just doing other things for the sake of just getting content out there. But uh, yeah, 804 was this idea. Um, it was going to be centered around Richmond and just uh, different um, different things that just go on around the city. I was The idea really was to pay homage to my friends who were doing a bunch of cool stuff, like whether they have their own boutiques, um, different like art movements, different music movements, uh, just paying homage to Richmond the best way I could. Mm. It didn't really, I didn't do anything else with it besides this one little, I started on like one episode. I actually, wow, I actually should finish that. But um, (laughs) yeah, it was just... uh, this feel good cartoon involving three characters. Um, was what, what were their names? Stu, Lucy, and Doctor. Dang, Doctor something. Wow, that was that was five years ago. I started that 
during an internship with the Smithsonian. Like, oh, wow. And I that just, was through VCU? Mm, I, mm, yes and no. So actually, funny story. I got that internship through my eighth grade science teacher who happened to be a professor at VCU at the time. Like she asked me to sell some art at this uh, at this event. And the person who got me the internship, he visited and she connected me to him. And he was like, yo, I love what you do. I make video games for the museum. Um, so like, I see that you're into animation. Let's, you know, I'll see if I can get some opportunity for you. And so uh, VCU was the nest, but honestly, my eighth grade teacher was the connect. Yeah. Um, and so in and it was a really it's crazy because my experience at the Smithsonian, like I was really doing more of my own work than I was doing work for the Smithsonian. Like I got things done for sure. At I, I learned a lot through um, the museum, but there was a lot of downtime where I just had access to all of Adobe Creative Suite. Um, mm. I was able to just go into the city whenever I wanted to do research on different things that are different exhibits. So a lot of the time, my time there, if I wasn't doing project for the Smithsonian, I was working on my own stuff. Cause I was like, all right, I got to maximize this opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, yeah, let's just get into, let me, let me learn how to animate. Let me learn how to use after effects. And so that was how uh, 804, 804 really got started. Um, I just, yeah, and oh, no, oh, um, yeah, I just, I made it a goal to like treat, I wanted to treat it as if I was professionally where I wanted to be. I was like, all right, I'm going to think about character designs. I'm going to think about the story. I'm going to think about just everything, everything that brings a cartoon to life. Like I'm gonna think about the music. I'm gonna think about the backgrounds, um, timing, comedic timing, everything. Um, and that's what kind of helped me build an idea of how writing works and w- what I really want to uh, say within my within my work for real, for real. Yeah, man. I, and it's interesting that you made it centered around Richmond. So there was a there was a um, you know deep personal connection to that show. I'm sure as you were creating it because it was centered around where you grew up. Sure. Um, and it's um it's cool how those types of like opportunities can like um to use the term you used earlier like put a battery in your back to like get your own things going like to capitalize on the opportunity. I think that's a very important points to bring up because it's like those were the sparks that ended up showing you that you can do this you know what i mean it's like you can you can do the full production you can do the the character design the story writing the background design the editing you could do it all you know it's a lot of work and obviously you've seen that but it's like that's um it's interesting that you you know uh went that path and like got an internship and like we're able to get those things um get those things together early on and then that translated into your next project into like a arts art school which was centered around like art art school yep. <laughs> it was like arts cool like yeah, that yeah. was like the um so yeah i guess like we can kind of like talk about that and like was that 
like a direct, um, like kind of using the same like concepts. And um, I mean, obviously the animation style has always kind of been the same, like the character design, you, you, mm-hmm. you do still have like that similar style. I feel like you've had that for a pretty long time. Um, that's like your, that's like your thing. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's very, very individual. Um, but would you say that like the concept of the show, like the storylines, like the through lines and um, character stories, was that, was that based off of like real life as well um, in the same way that uh, uh, 804 was? I would, I would say so. So our school originally started as a, um, it was like a exam final in a sense, like a final project. Oh. I, uh, I really just wanted to, in ca- I just, I really wanted to capture the essence of art school in totality so um, every character was meant to represent a different uh, a different character type within our school. Like you got your, <laughs> oh man, this is funny. You have like your your peep, like you got your hmm. I don't know. It's like you got your your fan fiction artists. You got your anime artists. You got your. You got your soup. This is gonna sound crazy. You got your super quiet but super talented like Asian students who are just like to themselves, but they create the most amazing works. And um, now I'm thinking about it. Like, let me let me fall back on a little bit of that because now that now that I'm remembering like the the poster I have for it, it was really about the experience of being a minority in art school. Because in a lot of my uh, classes at VCU. I was maybe one of only like two other black students. And so it was just interesting, like feeling like I fit in with my classmates because we all had a talent, like a a similar talent, but also still feeling like I was uh, not left out, but just feeling like I was kind of watching or observing everything from a distance because I mean, I was one of the only black kids. So I really just wanted to uh, tell that story in a sense. It didn't, again, it didn't go anywhere. Like I hadn't, I I have notes on, uh, I have like character breakdowns and like maybe one or two episode breakdowns. But uh, yeah, it was really just um, kind of like a teaser. Like the the poster I created for the final was supposed to be the pitch and just get people hyped up like, oh, what could this be? And then um, then I explain it. But yeah, that's you. You just brought up so many things where it's like, dude, why? Why don't I like why don't I get back on that? Because that's so good. Um, I think so, too, man. And it's cool that like art school was kind of based off of like real life then in that sense where it would probably be be very relatable to other people that were in that same sort of situation maybe not in art school specifically but like in their communities in their schools in their in their fields or whatever because i i definitely know what you mean when it comes down to like i mean because i'm puerto rican and i grew up in a predominantly white school so it's like i grew up around all white kids and um even like like just a couple cities over um my cousins went to a a different school district that had more latino and black kids which mm. i feel like was a lot more cultured uh, mm. than the school that i went to but and sometimes they would like make fun of me you know for like you know going to the white school and it's just like 
like I couldn't help it, but I always felt like I was, like you said, like kind of like an outsider in a yeah. way, you know, yeah, like yeah. I wasn't part of the, you know, the thing. So, um, but it's like, and, and kind of like, I guess in a way it's like a superpower because like, that means like you stood out a lot more and mm -hmm. I feel like people would listen to you a lot more um, because they like, they like, I think people appreciate other cultures a lot more when it's not like their own. That's interesting. Not you. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I want to talk about going into, um, into apartment and kind of talking about um, the, the development of that. And cause I, I really do feel like that is the one that, cause that's the one that sold me um, like immediately. Um, so I, I just want to talk about that. And cause it seems like that one is also based off of real life. In a, For in a sure. Uh, so it's like because at the time like I was um, I was living with someone else so I could I could relate I wasn't living in an apartment but I had a roommate so I could still like relate to those sort of things like um, I think there was one uh, one clip you did where it was like um, uh, homeboy smoking in the bathroom and then uh, he comes in he's like what are you doing you know what I mean? like, like basically like that type of like shit like that when it's like uh, just little things that like your roommates do mm -hmm. or like things that like, you know, they're um, just uh, just real life things that like almost like observational humor in a way. Yeah. Um, like observational comedy. Um, but is that, you know, is that kind of like uh, what, what started the whole idea? Like what prompted you to, to come up with that apartment idea? So that's a great question. I think my, uh, me being excited about finally moving into uh, like my first spot as an adult um, inspired me to just make something about it, uh, about my experience. And within that, I was trying to find a way, I was trying to channel my inspirations for real, for real, because the way I, mm. uh, the way I would describe apartment in the easiest sense is if regular show and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends had a baby. Yep. And so it was about, and I was also inspired by the show Insecure, Issa Rae's Insecure. That's also uh, a big part of it. But uh, so pretty much it's, it's this story of four people, uh, two guys, two girls. Um, the guys are roommates, the ladies are roommates, and then they each have their own like imaginary friend and uh it's just like the and the imaginary friends pretty much complement the person in a way where like if uh if someone's shy their imaginary friend is an extrovert if uh someone is like um if someone has a goal of doing something the imaginary friend may kind of be a hindrance to them and they have to just mm. kind of it's just like opposites but they're learning yeah. how to work together and all kind of uh intermingle all together it's a yeah uh dang i'm running out of words but no i love that i love that man <laughs> um that brings uh, that uh makes me think of like um you've seen big mouth yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's exactly like hormone monster you know exactly. what i mean exactly like yeah. that type of deal where it's like they're characters but like they're not necessarily seen by the rest by the rest of the world um that's i i think that 
yeah, apartment, I feel like that is one that you can really expand on mm-hmm. and like um and build that up where it's like I think it'd be easy to write stories around that world. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, so yeah, man. I I mean, have you what was when was the last time you you know, you picked that up? That's a great question, my good man. I would say it have to, it I didn't pick it up at all last year. But um, back in 2021, when I talked to when I talked with Joel about uh, trying to pitch it, I uh, I did kind of pick it back up um, at that point just to kind of flesh out more uh, more character designs and things. But I hadn't. It got to a point where I had I got stuck on uh, trying to develop one of the last characters. Uh, like their episode, I just ran out of ideas and wasn't really sure where to take it. And I think that's what stopped me as well as, um, so at the time I was also trying to, um, I was, this was at a point where I wasn't really, I was getting into working with other people for like voice acting and I didn't really have a system set up. So I was just looking for people and I found people, but I don't, like I haven't spoken to them in a while. So it was just like, dang, like once I, I didn't lose communication with them, but once things kind of fizzled out, I just was like, all right, well, it's been a while. I don't even know if these people are like still interested in doing this. So let me just focus on something else. But um, yeah, things have, uh, it's been a while. And now that I'm not living in the apartment anymore, like one of the characters was based off of my roommate at the time. I don't even know if he would like be, I don't like things have just changed. Things have changed. So I might have to do a little bit of a, uh, I might have to do some rebranding in a sense, but I still want to keep the essence there. Cause really it was supposed to be a social commentary on a character chasing their dreams, um, dating in this new age um kind of like a little bit of spirituality and what it meant like the idea of race because uh I, in one of the episodes that I had written there was a uh there was like a profiling situation like a racial profiling situation where uh my my character who was essentially like an aqua color he was dealing with a situation where his imaginary friend who doesn't see color the way a a regular person sees it he uh had done something where uh okay so let me just give you the breakdown so me and my me and my friend oh no i'm sorry i'm all over the place okay that episode with the with the smoking in the bathroom at the end i mentioned how uh I think I'm young, creative, and black or something. And my imaginary friend's like, what? Black? You're not black. You're green. And then right. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what are you I talking about? That. And so yeah. the viewer, we see the characters as, a, I would say, like the aura that they emit. But in okay. their world, they just see themselves as like black, white, whatever you know like whoa so like that was that was a whole point and then the episode that was going to follow that was going to break 
that down a little bit more because there was this situation where like they go to Target, his imaginary friend uh, sees a baby in the car next to him and he starts banging on the window and a lady approaches him and she's like about to call the police because people can't see other people's imaginary friends. They can only see hum- like other humans. And so yeah. she only she just sees me looking in this car like trying to, I guess, you know, like it just looks sus. And so she calls yeah. the police and the lady's like. I'm a white woman being harassed by a black man and blah, blah, blah. And then the imaginary friend is like, wait, she said she called you black too. And so he's just confused. And so like, it was supposed to be this whole breakdown on uh, why we uh, look at each other in this way, instead of looking at each other for like who we are or what color we emit or, you know, like the, the vibes, like what, what's your vibe? Like, instead of like who, what your skin color is, because yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, that's actually, yeah, yeah, that was the, uh, that was the premise, though, one of the premises of the, uh, of the story, of the, of the and show. I think that, that just adds more depth right there. Like, that just adds way more depth, and I think that totally, like, takes it to another level, because it's removing the skin color and replacing it with pastels, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's like teal, pink green blue like these guys like had weird color hairs and like it was like it wasn't it wasn't your average like cast um of of characters and i think that is something that it's almost like like when you watch the show and like you start to learn these characters you can almost like um i guess start to based off of how like like how their character like what what their character acts like or like what their culture is like, what what they like to do, you can kind of like in your head kind of create a picture of what this person might look like in real life. But it's like when you're watching it on screen, it's just a green, green skinned dude that just like, it's not like a black guy. It's not a white guy. It's not like, it's not, you're taking out the color. And I think that is something that's so like beautiful in a sense where it's like um, speaking to like, that's how we should see each other. It's just like, like not necessarily just for like the um the color of our skin, but just like we could be multicolored and we're all basically the same. Exactly. Um, and um, I think that is uh that I think that's that creates like su- such another level of of apartment that I just man. I, more we talk about it, the more I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Like, yeah, no, you got me hyped up. I really gotta. <laughs> I gotta. I really gotta get back to working on that. And I no, I love it. Honestly, like that was one of the reasons why I was kind of hesitant to even pitch it to Joel because of the fact that um the studio he works with, they work a lot with Fox. And I know Fox is more so kind of a conservative uh show. Like I don't know, like I just thought about trying to pitch something that was talking about race to a bunch of like Fox execs and like just the notes I would get back. And one of my biggest, not saying I'm not going to do it, but things I was considering was uh, the notes that I would get back. And if those would completely kind of diminish or like water down the point of my show, or at least one of the points I wanted to get to. So again, that DIY till you die mentality kind of kicked in. I was like, all right, so I would love to be able to like just go ahead and pitch this and like you know if it if it works you know I get paid to do this but also like 
maybe I should just take the time to develop develop it myself that way or, you know, like build up some momentum working on other projects so then I can come back to this when I have gotten a full like idea of my workflow and like a team and then we can put this together how I envision it so I don't have to worry about um, any like white collars just being like, nah, let's let's it, let's just chop out this entire part that's super essential mm-hmm. to the premise of the show. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's a yeah. That was just one of my hesitations on pitching it that early. Um, but our conversation like is is really like you're you're giving me fuel right now. Like I, I really uh yeah I needed a, I needed this because I. I've yeah, been man. sleeping on it. My mom always asks me about it. So like, when are you when are you, when, when are you getting back on apartment? And I'm like, ah, in due time, it'll it'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah, and I mean to kind of speak on that, I I love that you're taking your time because um, it's very easy to feel like you need to rush things out, especially as a creative. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you feel like you need to always be pushing out content, always be doing this, always be ahead. And I think a lot of times the best work comes from work that develops over time. And it's like, Rome wasn't built in a day, classic, but it's just like, that's for real. You know, it's like these ideas take time. They take time to marinate. They take time to just sit in that oil for a second, you know, and just kind of soak in all the juices. Mm -hmm. So that way when you pull it out and you cook it, it's like seasoned up, ready to go. You know what I mean? And I think that's um, a beautiful way to approach Partment because it's, I think, a breakthrough show. And I think to be able to hone in on that at the highest level is a way bigger priority than just jumping at your first opportunity. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and that kind of speaking back to Joel and sure. like Fox, um, because that's like, um, just like you said, you know, it's like you have this idea and this was, what was that? 2021. So it was like two years ago. So already like how much you have developed as an animator and an illustrator um, that now if you were to go back and really hone in on it, I think you would have a, hell of an easier time um doing those things and um which would just make it more exciting for you because it's a not taking as much time and b your workflow is so efficient so you can get ideas out faster um and i think that's something that's uh that like i said it's like it's a crucial thing that like you've taken the time to you know know that you don't need to rush it know that you have time know and these are things that like a lot of people might not have that same i guess foresight um because that's really what it is it's like it's foresight into knowing that like it's um delayed gratification that's the word yeah you know what i mean and i think that's something that um at the time it was probably really exciting you know like oh my god like this guy bob's burgers fox Mm -hmm. you know like names you know and uh getting caught up in that and um and let it and losing yourself in that and um and i i'm i'm glad that you didn't uh, because i think that speaks a lot to your values as a creator and also um your your values as a as a human you know you don't want someone to come in and just shit all over your idea as a creative and you know feel like you don't even have a say in it anymore and at the same time you also don't want people to come in and just use you for your idea and then just totally rewrite it you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Pay you for pay you to take the idea off your hands and then just like send it to their team, you know, and that and and that would be, you know, so 
it would be so sad to see like such a great idea just like go down the tubes like that just just because you wanted to like get a quick check you know what exactly, i mean exactly exactly um so i i applaud you for you know taking that time and i do think in due time that show is going to come to life and now that i i'm glad that you that you're finding inspiration in this conversation because uh as i was doing my notes i was like i need to bring these points up because i think these are things that are that are really important and like i said it's like it's like one 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 short, one pilot, one like one video of animation away from like really like changing your life. And, um, you know, and, and even like to kind of tie back to like the recent stuff that you're doing, like um, like that grandma's uh, house, you know, you wrote that back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And that was something that you you took time and, you know, you're like, let me sit on this. Let me, I, I love this idea. I know this is a good idea, but like. I'm not going to rush into it because like, it's not all there yet. And then once it was there, it was like, you got that shit done in like a week, dude. Yeah. It was like, it was so fast. Uh, maybe even less, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's like when you take that time and you let it marinate, it's like that thing's been sitting in the bag for so long. That's like when you pulled it out, like the grandma's house and you threw it on, it's like, it just caught fire. Just like I saw easy. so much good like responses and like everyone was loving it. And I was like, I was hyped, man. And I appreciate you letting me be a part of that project. I appreciate <laughs> your assistance, my good man. Of, of course. course. Yeah. Mm. Wow, grandma, this part is so good. Where'd you putting it? <laughs> oh, baby. If I tell you, I'd have to kick. Enough games. What's in the pie, Granny? Hmm? I ain't telling you, my. Grandma's pie. It's to die for. No, it was it was so much fun, and I was like, as, as soon as I saw you post it. It was like I was sitting on my couch and um, and I saw it like just a few minutes after you posted it. And I was like, I'm going to because I had a little bit of time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just screen record this and I'm going to throw it on my computer and uh, and I'm just going to record what I think should go places. And I just threw things in certain things. And and it was like I had so much fun doing it. And I do I did it in like 20 minutes. It was so fast. It's easy. And it, it's so easy. And it was just like, as soon as I sent it to you, it was just like the next day you were like on it, like almost having it like done, done. And it was, uh, it was cool to see that process and be like, Hey man, like this is not like as hard as it, you know, it, I feel like, like people kind of overthink it. It's like, if the story is there, it's like, just at, you're like, cause the story was there already. Like you, you posted like the, it was like basically like storyboards is what yeah. you posted. Yeah. It was like, uh, um, so it's like being able to kind of record over those storyboards. I mean, that's what they do at the networks, man. It's like, it's, it's like, we're, we're in a place where like, uh, DIY is really King, I think still. And, and I think, um, the transition out of the main networks and, you know, right now, uh, Hollywood having a strike with the sag aftra all those things, like that goes back to the people wanting to own their stuff mm-hmm. again. You know what I mean? And this is like, a, this has been a big, big topic in music, always owning your masters, um, owning your publishing, not signing 360 deals. Um, and that is something that in acting and in Hollywood, that conversation was a real hush, hush, no one talk about it 
just take your money and get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is um, a big reason why the strike is happening. And and that's the whole the whole thing is that these conglomerates trying to just take all the money and just not pay the creators or pay the creators one time and then never give them residuals and no royalties. And, and those are the things where it's like, if you own it 100% and you self-produce it and you self-distribute it and you self-promote it, you own 100%. And exactly. that is like, that's where it comes down to. And it's just like these, this is the mindset that we need to have for, um, like, you know, our projects moving forward, like my own projects, your own projects, projects we work on together, like that should be the idea. You know what I mean? Like self-producing, self-promoting, self-distribution, um, uh, self you know, putting it on YouTube and being able to like send it to other people. And, um, and I think partnering with people that can help you do these things, like, um, you know, like if, if Joel, like if you want to like pitch it, I think it should be in a way where it's like when you pitch it, it's like, from the beginning it's like very clear like this is this is what the deal is you know like like you know what i mean where it's like you come in like these are the terms and it's less of like uh you're not gonna take this from me because i don't really need you you guys came to me you know yes, what i mean yes i'm yeah. so glad you said that i um i had to like switch up my verbiage as i like just realized like I don't know, as you just become more confident in what you're doing, like I had to switch up my verbiage of like working for a company or a studio and say I work with them because yeah. if like ideally like I want more opportunities like uh like how Joel like got how he and I got connected. They came to me. They saw what I was right. doing and they were like, yo, we like what you're doing. And so that just made me want to further put myself in a business excuse me, a position where it's like, okay, I'm doing all this dope stuff. I want studios to come to me and be like, hey, let's work on something together. Like, let's, yeah, let's let's work together as opposed to me having to, like, jump into the application pool and, like, just yeah. waiting for a word back. Like, no, I want, like, good dope sells itself, you yeah. know? So it's for like, sure. you just got to make what you, uh, make what you want to see or you want the people to see. And if it's good enough, the right people are going to come like uh, and I want to go back to your point about uh, like taking time on things and making and just like letting things marinate uh, like with the grandma's um, with the grandma's pie animation. So back in 2018, I feel like I, I had come up with that idea before I even came up with 804. But at the time. I, I was going to develop it just into a comic, but um, with the idea of turning it into a cartoon, but I didn't even know how to like do lip syncs yet. I, I had no mm. idea on how to make people like talk. I had no real, I really had no like idea on how I wanted to make, uh, like I had animation background because I had taken classes in college. Uh, but at that point in my college career, I wasn't even focusing on animation. I was more so focusing on illustration and design. And mm. so, uh, like, I wanted to compare it to, like, music, because I'm sure you might be able to relate. Like, you might have an idea for a song that you just don't really know how to, how to bring it to life yet. And then you just, like, take a little bit of time to experience life, maybe learn some things, and then you come back to that idea and it's like, oh, like 
yeah, I did it. Like, so clear. Yeah. Yeah, it's so clear. And uh, yeah. it just takes a little bit of off time and some learning experience. And then you're able to finally bring it to life. Because, um, yeah, I just I was looking for something. I felt like I hadn't animated in a while. Like I was looking at my Instagram, my YouTube, and it had been a couple months since my last uh, moving project. And I was like, you know what? I think I have an idea. And then, yeah, I just picked up my old sketchbook and I was like, okay, I can do this. And then, boom. Yeah, man. It, yeah, and that and that's it. Where um, and I totally ag- agree with the music thing because there's there's songs like I haven't released a record since 2021. Um, so I'm in a place where I have like 15 songs that are just like, you know what I mean? Like almost there, mm-hmm. um, that are written. Most of them are recorded. Um, it's just a matter of like mixing and finishing them. And, and some of them, there's like some parts where I haven't like written all of the parts, but it's like, there's been songs that I put on the back burner that I started writing a year and a half, two years ago that I went back to and it's so easy for me to kind of continue writing after I've given it some time. And, and I think that's something with, uh, with artists in general, like, you, you know, you got to give yourself that time to experience life. And, and by the time you come back to it, you're going to be so much better at what you do. If like, you've been consistent with that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you've, you've stayed working this whole time. So you've been sharpening your saw. So it's like, you had the storyboards already down. So, um, by the time you came into it, you know, like a week ago or whenever you started it back up, you had a, you had the structure already, you know, you had the outline, you had the story, everything was there. It was just a matter of like bringing it to life and putting those final touches on it. And now taking the knowledge that you have, that you've gained over the last three years, uh, well, five years, five years, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's like 2018. That's insane, dude. Like five years is a very long time to sit on an idea. Like some people think like if you sit on an idea for five years, like that idea is never going to see the light of day, but it's like, that's just not the case. And it's like sometimes, and this is a good, good point to bring up also kind of on the music note where it's like, you can, um, music note. Uh, so (laughs) on, (laughs) you can, uh, release a song and it won't even pop off until years later, you know? And it's like, people won't even know that it exists. And then like, all of a sudden, like, it goes viral on TikTok, you know, and then it's back up again. There was a song, um, um, it was, uh, I can like hear it in my head. It, it was such a popular song. And I remember it was, um, I was working at a, at a dispensary in 2018, 19. And there was a song that I remember coming on like the radio all the Mm -hmm. time or whatever. We had Pandora. And I was like, oh man, like I love this song. Like, what is this? Like, um, oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like one of those like EDM songs. But it was anyways, it was a song that I was like, dude, what is this? And I looked it up and that bitch came out in like 2014. Oh shit. So it was like five (laughs) years ago that this song came out and it was like now popular and it was because of some video online that used it and it was like um uh, yeah it was just one of those where it's just like you just got to put it out you know and at this point it's like you know come up with come up with the idea and like if you have the idea and it's done just put it out like and if it takes five years for you to develop it then put it out when it's ready but then just like you're gonna be so excited when you did because like then 
it's like um, one of those things where if you uh, if, if you don't put it out, you'll never know. Um, and it's like you could have taken that idea and it's like, ah, no, like that came that was in 2018. Like I'm so like in a different place. Like I don't want to come back to this. Like ah, that that idea is dead. But like no, you went through and you actually hashed it out and you were able to kind of like um, bring it up, bring it back to life in that same with that same energy that you had back in 2018 um, on a totally different level. I, I love I love this conversation. I feel like we could talk forever, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great, bro. I'm having a blast, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, this is um, enthralling. Man, thank you. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about animated series and um, the things that you're working on. And, um, you know, I guess to kind of like uh, go back a little bit, like you started posting work in like 2013 and 14 and stuff. And um how long before you started really getting recognition from uh, people that you were that you were reaching out to? Because I know you were um, you were getting reposts from like Tyler the Creator, uh, Matt Martians. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one. Uh, I actually wrote it down. Let me see. Oh, um, uh, the Get Out Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah. Dang, I you know about that, John. Yeah. So it's just like like all these guys were like they were reaching out. They were like they were hyped, and I I um, Dang, it I was it's so cool to like see that early validation uh because that those were like 17 yeah this was you know yeah be, early yeah, this was like before i really started doing like solely digital work like this is i was back in my marker era like really, yeah really yeah really getting to it getting to that that artistic bag i would say at least creatively like um yeah how long were you were you posting stuff um online before you uh before you started getting that recognition I would say, let's see, I started college in 2014. I got out in 2019. I started posting on Instagram 2013. So I was a senior in high school. I would say, well, I I was just going viral, like on Twitter, maybe starting 2015. Like I remember I had done this, uh, this piece for What a Time to Be Alive by Drake and Future. Oh, and yeah. um, it was like, it, it was kind of like the Michelangelo piece of uh, the 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 touching of the fingers. Yeah, thingy. Yep, the, yeah, yep, yep, yep. And uh, like I remember that going viral. But the main reason it went viral is because someone else who had a bigger following than me they posted it. Um, oh. as if it was like I guess their work and like all of my, all of my uh friends and like associates at the time from through college they were just like mad supportive was like nah this belongs to such and such so like like yeah that was my first experience i want to say of like going viral even though it wasn't me who was getting the recognition but my art was getting the recognition and um so from there i uh this was at a point also where i was heavily uh influenced by uh like my art was heavily influenced by music and, me- and media and pop culture. Um, so I was kind of tailoring my art towards viewership in hopes of going viral, um, mm. which I have, I have opinions of now that I've gotten older and I'm kind of out of that phase. Cause now I like to make original things that even if they don't do well, it's just like, I'm just glad I was able to get it out. But yeah, it was at this point where uh, everything I was making was to uh i was trying to secure a bag like uh i was this was during my print era where i was selling merchandise and things and so i had to make things that i knew people would buy right 
Um, yeah. Which was a, it was a great learning experience. I really learned that one, if you put your mind to it, you really can't succeed off of this art stuff. Um, you just have to, you just have to figure, you just got to know what your audience likes and you just have to tailor to your audience. Um, but yeah, I would say 2015 was my first time uh, noticing things popping off. Um, 2017, I think that's when Get Out came out. Um, so when those pieces, when those pieces dropped, I remember uh, Chad Ochocinco, D, uh, he quote t- tweeted and we kind of DM'd a little bit. He was interested in buying it, but because it was so small, he wasn't uh, trying to, he wanted something large. Like he asked me if I could like paint it on a larger canvas and I was just like, nah, bro, it's not going to be the same. Um, and yeah, Jordan Peele retweeted me, um, 20, when did, when did Cherry Bomb come out? That was 2015, uh, 2015, going to backtrack a little bit. Um, I had made these stickers of Tyler, the creator, and he had come to Richmond for his, uh, Cherry Bomb tour. And, I was mad close to the stage, actually. Now I think about it. Um, and this was a different era of Tyler, the creator. He was not like the same Tyler that he was at that. Like, I feel exactly. like he was not necessarily playing like the big ass. Yeah, he wasn't venues. an arena artist yeah. yet. Like, so yeah. it was still very, uh, he was still very fresh, especially uh, like trying to switch out of his like early era of Tyler where the music was the in. future days. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at that point, I had stickers and um, I had thrown them on stage. They landed behind an amp. And so me and a bunch of people around me were trying to get Jasper to, uh, we were trying to get his attention to like look behind the amp to get the stickers. And it worked. Like uh, yeah. he got the stickers, Tyler got them, and I tweeted him. And I was just like, yo, did you get my stickers? And he was like, yeah, he got some. And, uh, he he said he threw him he threw some of them out to like people too like on from the tour bus or whatever so no. I don't know that was just cool like yo like one <laughs> my favorite artist responded to my tweet and like it was confirmed that he at least received what I was trying to deliver so yeah um and ever since then like uh I had done a Tyler piece back in. Whenever Call Me If You Get Lost dropped, I had done a piece uh, around that. and or I had okay. done several pieces around that, but I had done a piece around it, and he retweeted me again uh, at that point. So I was just like, oh, word. Like, I mean, a retweet, to me, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't want to be like, nah, that's no big deal. But also, like, bro, my favorite artist showed some sort of acknowledgement towards me and my work. Like, that's, that's pretty Absolutely. cool in my head. So, yeah. There have been, uh, I've had a lot of viral moments. Um, oh, my series, uh, my comic series uh, that was inspired by The Last Dance, that went crazy. Like, I forgot what sports network or one of their Instagrams retweeted. I want to say it was maybe like Bleacher Report or uh, and Complex Sports, but oh, wow. they uh, they reposted that, so... While my post went viral, their posts of my work also went viral. And so it was just a lot of a lot of cool opportunities for me to see that what I'm doing is enjoyed by an influx of people. Yeah. And um Yeah, like and again, this was when I was really heavily focused on 
appealing to people. And so I think uh, as I've become more confident in my animation, I've kind of dialed back. Like I really love the idea of original content and yeah. like telling my own stories or uh, working with like my friends to just create our own thing as opposed to seeing what's popping out in the world. Let me make something that is centered around that in hopes of people like, you know, finding me. But to yeah. each his own, because uh, I mean, it works. I get a lot of people, uh, I get a lot of friends or followers who they're like, yo, you should do something like this. Or like, why don't you do this? And it's like, I feel you, but it's already being done. So I'd rather just kind of uh, just do my own thing. And yeah, I think it just makes yeah. the work more enjoyable that way. For sure. And I think it makes it a little, uh, it gives it that uh, that stamp of authenticity too. When you see something that's never really been done or see something that's done in a way that's not like everyone else. And, and I think the reason why you got the recognition that you did early on from those people that you looked up to is because they could see that, you know, it. they could see, they could see it. Um, for what it was worth that you, you know, took time and this was not something that they'd ever seen before. It's like if they, if it was just something that they like, you know, was generic that they had seen before, they they wouldn't they wouldn't recognize it. You know what I'm saying? Right, they wouldn't. Right, right. They might see it. They're not going to retweet it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they don't think it's something that's like, you know, crazy, crazy, because you got to think like these guys are getting all day probably hit up like with things and like getting tagged and shit and like the fact that like. Not only they saw your stuff, but they saw your stuff and was like, damn, let me put this on my feed. You know, like that mm -hmm. is just it's almost like um, like in a in a way, it's like obviously you're not necessarily the type of person that like um, which I think is beautiful. Like you don't try to use people to get ahead. You just are inspired by people and having that validation by others that you're inspired by is probably like such a good such a big confidence boost for yourself, you know, even if it's like, um, even if you're not like, like, um, you know, getting starstruck that like, oh my God, ah, like I'm going to blow up now that like Tyler Creator reposted my stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm sure it's so easy to think that like, like, oh, you got to repost. Like, oh, why are you not like, you know, bigger than, than, than you are. But it's just like, it's like, uh, that's not the goal. It's not to just like use people to get ahead. It's like just make genuine work and authentic work. And if people, fuck with it then they fuck with it and just just so happens that the people that inspire you also like get inspired by your work and i think that's that's uh that's a beautiful thing to see and and that was so long ago you know and it's like so now it's like on a different level where you're not really doing work like that for like other people like i've seen you do some um some like cartoon work uh for like uh some um like pod podcast um like you did the bad friends thing yeah um, yeah and like stuff like that so just kind of like paying homage to things that but but again it's like it goes back to like things that you're inspired by mm -hmm. it's not that you're like jumping on the latest trend trying to draw the latest person in the news just to try to get a drop of clout you know what i mean yeah exactly and I think that i think is the reason why people can see um like see your work for what it is like the genuine and authentic work that it is um so i mean it's it's beautiful to see man i feel like your story is like so amazing because it's like you're you're like kind of low-key you know what i mean like you you're, you're kind of to yourself and i think that's like 
Of course, man. And I think, um, and, it, and it is for sure a compliment in the sense where it's like, those are the types of people that are like usually the most talented, the ones that are the most like to themselves and like most reserved where it's just like, they're not super flashy. They're not like, like uh, the loudest ones in the room aren't usually saying much, you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something to um, to kind of take, take, take for what it's worth. And just like, just know that like, like people like myself and obviously other people that are inspired by you, um, they see that and it's very clear. And um, man, I, I love what you do, man. Big thank you, Harry. I really appreciate that, man. Dang, that makes me feel really good. Wow. Wow. You're welcome, man. Yeah, no, and, you. and thank it's you, like, you. you're welcome, man. And it's like um, the whole reason for our, for me starting this podcast was to, to interview creative professionals, entrepreneurs and other inspiring Martians alike. And, and I say that just because it's like a, my tagline, but it's like other people that inspire me. And it's like, I'm surrounded by so many people around me that are just like, just doing cool shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I want to like, I want to have these conversations for the rest of my life, you know, where it's just like inspiring people to like do what they love and like sh- giving people their flowers and letting them know like, this is crazy. And like, like learning the origin stories and like seeing how these things came about and, um, and like learning more about, about, people that I look up to because it's like, um, it's, it's so cool to like, um, to be connected with, with people like yourself and other people around me, but then to like share that with other people, I think is another level where it's like people that don't know you or people that don't know these people that are, that I know, they can see this and be like, Oh wow. Like I had no idea that this person existed, but then now they're, they're new fans of yours because of this, you know? And I think that like, like pushing genuine work. And I, I only want to have people on here that I am genuinely like uh, inspired by, or that I actually have like some sort of, um, I guess, connection on that level with that. I can, I can take inspiration from, or feel like other people might get inspiration from. And, and I'm so glad that you were, you know, willing to do this. And you, you were so like, like quick about it. You're like, yeah, dude, like whenever, let's do it. You know, and like that, that was, um, I, it means a lot to me that you were, you know, willing to do this. And, um, and I'm glad that we that we're even having this conversation right now. Cause, um, I just, I, I feel like I kind of put a fire under you too, man, in a way where it's, yeah, it's, man. it's, I love to see it, man. <laughs> Definitely, bro. I, um, I, I realized like, I mean, I don't, I don't do podcasts often and the ones that I have done, I feel like it wasn't really, uh, for the sake of, it wasn't, the conversation wasn't evolved around or revolving around art. And so, um, yeah, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to actually kind of talk about what I've been doing for the last, uh, like five, six years. Cause, um, it's like I do a lot, but because I'm low key and I guess I'm humble in a sense, like I don't really feel like I have much of a space to just talk about what I'm doing unless yeah. it's presented to me. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate you for giving me the platform to actually finally talk about what I've been up to. Cause, uh, yeah, I always feel like I have a lot of dope things to talk about, but I was just like, if no one asks me about it, I don't, well, I don't feel obligated to just kind of talk about it. So yeah, yeah, no, this is awesome. Yeah, man. And that, that kind of goes back to your character too, you know, where it's just like, um, like I said earlier, like, you know, the loudest ones in the room barely have anything to say where it's like, that's, that's like a beautiful thing where it's like when you're given the platform, when you're in an authentic way, because some people, 
I feel like could come at it like at a weird, I don't know, angle or something like just talking about, um, I don't know, just, I guess I don't even have any examples, but I feel like the, um, the, the genuinity of this conversation, I think people are really going to, to see it and they're going to like, know that like you are like a true artist like and just by hearing this conversation they might not know anything about you and just by hearing the way you explain your passions and your art and the way that like the different things the different paths that you've taken um they can see that you are you know a true artist of the game and and um and ah, man i'm just i'm so i'm so grateful to have these conversations and i, I um i do need to like kind of start uh wrapping up a little bit i want to do a part two so bad dude you got to come out here <laughs> yeah bro no definitely like i yeah i gotta see the studio i gotta just see what's yeah. going on in arizona it's been a while since i've been out there yeah, yeah definitely. you have uh you have family uh, you had family yeah i have family they were living in is scottsdale, scottsdale? yeah they were That's in where scottsdale yeah we're fire yeah, yeah they were in scottsdale for a while but they just moved uh i think they're in fort worth right now they're in Texas oh, now. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, still, well, actually, I was about to say not too far away, but Texas is a big state. It's so. about 15 hours. Yeah. God, I think like, God. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like a 30 hour drive from here to Michigan. Um, but yeah, so it, Texas is huge. So yeah, it's about 15, 15 hours. Um, but but yeah, dude. I mean, shit. Yeah, any any time, man. I mean, I got a I got a house. You can fucking come crash at the crib, man. Whenever, man. You, you just let me know. We'll figure it yeah, out bro, for I'm real. Make it happen. We gonna make that happen. So yeah, a couple things though I want to talk about, man. Um, that uh, you know, kind of backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, you uh, you did illustration work for a couple of um like uh books um like published books back in uh, 2016. Um, yeah. The Incredible DJ Willie Lee Beats Bullying and uh, Sober High. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> what were what was that experience like? It was uh, it was cool. So um, I was in 2016. I was a junior. No, I was a, it was like sophomore, junior year of college um, and a former a former math elementary math teacher um, who was also like a DJ outside of his teaching job. He uh, connected with me on Facebook. I mean, excuse me on Instagram. And at the time I was just kind of open to all sorts of commissions. Um, I had always wanted to get into book illustration at the time. Um, and his, uh, his pitch sold me. So, uh, it was a it was a learning experience. It was it was dope. It was a dope experience, but I also just learned a lot about um, the business behind illustrating or uh, behind book illustration. Um, In what way? So it's a lot of it's a lot of figuring out. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, like a lot of behind the scenes work in regards to uh, one just figuring out. Of course, like the business of it all, like figuring out, all right, how many pages is this book going to have? How many, mm. uh, how much would I like to be compensated per page? How much right. for the revisions? How much for mm. like, am I doing character designs? Am I doing background designs before it's we actually, it's a lot. So um, at the time I, I went in green, I had no idea what I was doing, but by the time I finished, I just learned a lot and uh took a lot of note to uh 
go with going like to move with going forward and um but it was dope like the concept was awesome i had a really good time learning how to or utilizing my skills and what i had learned in school to actually apply it into the real world because uh going to school for illustration design and animation and things like a big part of it is learning how to bring stories to life and so mm. it kind of just felt like it was it was a it, it was like a real world experience like kind of like an internship except i got paid to do it paid, yeah. um yeah. like uh yeah i it was really me just reading this story and just letting him see what i was thinking and i mean he was kind of open to whatever i had come up with so uh yeah, it took a it took a while. I can't remember how long it took, but um it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, a lot of back and forth, a lot of meetings, but it was a good time. Um a great learning experience. And for Sober High, that one was a little it was a little less hectic, I'm gonna say for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, lack, lack yeah. of better terms. Um I had a better uh, connection with the author because her and I had went to church together, so I grew up like just knowing, knowing her and things. And uh, yeah. she had uh, she hit me up for maybe like how many illustrations did I do for her? Maybe like four different illustrations, but they were really yeah. simple. Like they were really easy. Uh, really, yeah, really, really easy compared to the the full on book illustration project um but those were super those were super dope i hadn't done any other books since then got a lot of in- excuse me got a lot of inquiries but i uh i don't know if uh, because i don't really know all that goes into the business aspect of it i've kind of just been like nah i'm good or like yeah. i can help you like get some visuals started but I don't know if I'm able to take on like the full role of doing that, but yeah. I don't know. It maybe it just depends on like the right person hit me up or like, you know, another pitch just selling me and I'm like, okay, yeah, I really want to do this. Like, this seems like a cool idea. Yeah. If it makes sense for you. Yeah. And, and you're at a position now where it's just like, there's so many other things that you can spend time on that are super fulfilling that it's just like, ah, if my heart's not in it, why would I do it? You know what right, I mean? Right, 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 um, right. Even if you're offering me a couple hundred bucks, you know what I mean? Whatever, like, like whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, that's interesting that you bring up that this was like a, almost like an internship, but paid at the same time because you were able to like utilize the skills that you were learning at the time in a real world setting. And I think that's very important, you know, to, to have that experience where it's like, uh, do something that you've never done before, but also be able to like, f- like, strengthen those muscles of storytelling with illustration when it's not like when it's not your story um you know what i mean because you're like you're reading the story and then coming up with the visual storytelling in your head um but it's like that that's uh i think that's a whole nother muscle that you need to strengthen um so it's like the fact that you were able to do that and have real 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 life experience whilst getting paid and also not to mention working with someone that like gave you pretty much full creative control which is a really big deal uh, because it's 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 very different when someone comes into it saying this is what i want you to do it needs to look like this this is like you know what i mean uh versus like hey what do you think um so 
Uh, yeah, it's like, it's cool that you had those experience, but I could definitely see how that could be like a, it's not your lane necessarily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you have your niche and it's like, it's very clear, but it's cool that you had those experiences. I wanted to like touch on that. Cause it's just like, I wanted to know like what you thought about it. Um, just because that's, uh, that's cool. Like you could buy those books on Amazon. Like yeah, 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 <laughs> they have sure, your name on sure. it. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I had to, I had to get like three or four different copies just so my mom could have some of my grandma. She were like, yeah, you I need to that. make sure you get as many copies as you can because we need Dude, to keep yes. those. Dude, I'm going to buy one just so you can sign it when you come. <laughs> <laughs> That's love. I got you. I got yeah. you. <laughs> be like, when, when we fucking, when we're winning our Emmy for partner. Hell partner, yeah. <laughs> be like, yo, this is a one of one right here. Hell yeah, exactly. Is- <laughs> uh, another thing, man. So, um, one more thing I want to want to get into is um, you you produce music as well, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you started producing music almost in a way where it was um, for the love, but also in a way for you to be able to utilize your music in your own creations. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you started off as uh, M. Reezy. <laughs> and uh yeah. now oh, you, you're uh radford uh or is that how you say it like well like do you say it like you would say your last name like rdfrd like would yeah. you say like radford yeah you can either or I, I yeah either or honestly um yeah you can say rdfrd or radford uh I'm, yeah 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 um so i want to talk about like uh getting into music and um you know you use logic pro i use logic pro so uh, did you start on like Garage Band? Is that like what what started it all and classic? Indeed, yeah. So uh, yeah. I had taken I had somewhat of a musical background. Um, I had taken piano from like second grade to ninth grade. Oh, and damn. um, I played like one year French horn in like the sixth grade. So, am I? And on my dad's side, uh, he my dad's side is like where I feel like that's where I get all the musical and the artistic talent from because uh like i actually reconnected with my dad uh this past november and i was just oh, learning nice. a lot about him and our side and his side of the family and like we come from a line of like musicians singers uh his sister she's a really good painter so like they they have all the artistic talent so it was kind of like i don't know it's kind of set in stone that i was going to do something creative like uh and so I always had a passion for music. Like I said, my mom always uh, had me around music. She was always playing music around the house. And so uh, I think in 2019, uh, I had a, I, yeah, no, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. In like 2015 or maybe 2014 was when I started just messing around with uh, with GarageBand. And at this point, yeah. um I was really just trying to like freestyle on like instrumentals. <laughs> oh yeah, and, uh, for sure. Just record yourself. Yeah. And uh, maybe like 2019 or 2018 was when I started just like playing around with the loops on there. I was like, all right, let me figure out the, how to, let me learn the structure of songs. Like, let me figure out what it takes to actually produce a song. And I was just using the loops. And then uh, I got to a point where, I had a, I was gifted a MIDI keyboard and a beat pad by one of my friends. And like, it just dawned on me. I was like, wait, I know how to play piano. Like, mm-hmm. let me, let me utilize some of those skills that I kind of forgot about. But like, let, I know, I know how to read a little bit of music and I know what notes are. Like, I know the keys yeah. on a piano. So I was like, all right, let me, uh, let me just play around with that. And um, it just turned into a passion project at that point. Like, 
All right, let me try to hone a new skill. And it's blossomed, honestly, into a quite... It's been, a, it's been an amazing journey. Like, I really enjoy making music. Um, and I love the idea of... I love the idea of being able to utilize it for my visual art as well. Like you said, like yeah. uh, I make music, but also it's like if I can't turn it into a, a a listening project, I'll just use it as background music or something for yeah. one of my uh, visuals. So it doesn't necessarily go to waste or just sit in a vault, um, which has been cool. Like uh, in my animation in, my, in one of my recent cartoons uh, called The Cut, it's about a haircut situation. Um, the music for the barbershop scene is actually a song that I just uh, dropped on my most recent project. So, like, it's cool, like, listening to that and then watching this. And it's like, oh, wait, I know that, wait, that, that instrumental sounds mad familiar. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love, uh, and it's also just a super fun experience, like learning how to create music for, for visuals as opposed to for uh listening purpose. Um, yeah. like you really gotta learn how to capture emotion or capture moods. And it's not always about like, all right, let me make like the dopest beat possible. It's like, all right, what works? Like, what does it sound like? What what does it sound like for a character to be sneaking into their house at three in the morning, trying not to wake up their pet giraffe or some shit? Like I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really yeah. gotta like just tap into. Um, you really just gotta have fun with it and uh, yeah. kind of like learn the rules to break them a little bit. You know, like yeah, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time. And it also, um, luckily with my VCU experience, uh, in when I was focusing on animation, I had to take like two sound design classes. So I learned about like Foley, sound effects, how to maneuver in different DAWs and things of that sort. So like that knowledge was has also just kind of helped me uh, with my music in regards to like uh, making skits or like... Yeah. really bringing a song to life using like sound effects and like uh, soundscapes and atmosphere and all of these different things and uh yeah i just love how it all works together like you can have two you can be yeah you can have two different hobbies or interests and then like somehow find a way for them to coexist and make something super awesome yeah, man, I I love that you're able to do that because it's like um you're it's cool that you had the the background in music. I didn't I didn't realize you played uh, music for so long before that too because that just translate directly into synthesizers and Logic instruments and you know it's like mm-hmm. if you play piano you play synth and that's exactly. like it's so funny. Um, but it's uh it's it's so cool that you're able to like also take that work and then repurpose it into other projects. I think that's super fulfilling and kind of goes back to the I mean the backbone of this whole conversation is a DIY or die. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, let's just create everything. You know what I mean? Like, let's make the music, let's make the atmosphere. Let's make the, let's do the voices. Let's do the production, mm-hmm. let's do the editing. Let's do everything in house. <laughs> exactly. And I think, yeah, uh, I love it. The thing that makes DIY till you die. So dope is that when it comes to those opportunities, 
you're not put in a box because it's like, yeah, yeah I want a job being an animator, but also like they could see that, oh, he could be an audio, like he could be an audio editor or like he knows he can, he can do other things that if I, if I wasn't able to do like character design or something, it's like, well, maybe he could do a voice for a role or like maybe he yeah. could, yeah, help us compile sounds. Maybe he can chop up, maybe he can do post work. Maybe he can edit like it's a... Uh, it's just a great way to showcase all of your skills in one thing. Yeah. Which is uh which is dope, which is dope. Yeah, man. It's it's got to be super self-fulfilling too to like see that and just be it's kind of like that uh Russ approach. Uh like I don't need him. I don't need her. Fuck it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> you know exactly, I mean? exactly. Like, <laughs> Russ be going crazy, yo. He oh, really yeah. is a DIY till you die type yeah. of person. Like, it, it, I, big respects to him because oh yeah, that's a lot, especially with in the music game. Like, bro, how? What? What? Yeah, yeah. He's one of my top inspirations for a long time. I remember I, I discovered him back in sixteen. Um, it was like a long time ago, like. It was early, early, 16, 17, um, when he did, uh, he had just come out with uh, uh, What They Want, um, and like, I think like one other, I think Do It Myself and What They Want was like the only, like his hit songs, and they were like, just the videos was what really took it off. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this has been such an amazing conversation, dude. I like, I'm like, I don't want to wrap it up, but I feel like I have to, because, you know, got things to do, but no, man, cool. us, um Thank you again for for doing this, bro. I really, really no appreciate problem, you no taking problem. the time, man. Um, Martians, go follow Malik at Malik Radford on Instagram, at Artmanleak on Twitter. Um, do you uh, do you have a website right now that you uh, you post your work on? Mm, or do, is this kind like, of just mainly socials and just YouTube? mainly so mainly socials for now on my YouTube? Okay. Yeah, I had yeah. a site, but I haven't used it since 2019, so it's a little outdated. No worries. Well, don't go to that site. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go to the social. Go to Instagram, Twitter, Instagram. We'll put all this stuff right here. New site coming um, soon. Yeah, website coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pending under construction. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but no. Um, thanks again, man. Yeah, we'll have to get you out here sometime soon. To get this round two, and maybe we'll just do like a like a you come out for like five to seven days, and we just like hash out a like an idea. You know what I mean? And we yeah, like that'd work be on solid. Something. That'd be freaking just, cool. Yeah, just like a little um, I guess like a creative workshop. And yeah. we can have fun too. Just enjoy the Arizona. But cool, man. Thank you again, man. I'll let you get back to it, man. Thank, Thank you, you again. I uh, I really appreciate you, man. I um, appreciate you, brother. And uh, fellow Martians, go follow me as well at On Mars Pod on Instagram. Check out onmarspod.com, which leads to YouTube right now. So <laughs> go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube, baby. But uh, we'll see you guys next time. Love you. Peace. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and watching this episode of the On Mars Pod and for sticking around to the end, man. I really appreciate you guys. You are the real Martians. Like this video, comment below what your favorite part was, what was most inspiring to you. Subscribe to the channel, hit that bell for notifications here on future interviews coming out soon. And also follow us on Instagram at On Mars Pod. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next time on Mars. See how it goes here. First time, baby. All right. I think we got everything rolling. We got camera A. We got camera B. We got audio. We got Zoom.
re recording everything locally. Nah, I'm hoping that this works. Sick. Awesome. All right, cool. Make sure I don't have any uh, sweat on my face. I did the last interview and I realized, I was like, dude, I'm glossy. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Um, 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 uh.